0: you're listening to the spirit hunters on the greenlit podcast network check us out in our new friends at thegreenlitpodcasts.com. greetings hello and welcome to season two episode 16 of the spirit hunters this is hannah
1: joe patrick
0: and sarah so last time we followed Gon, Kurapika, and Leorio as they continued on their quest to find their friend Killua, running into Canary, aka Best Apprentice Butler Girl. We catch a glimpse of the Zoldyck's messed up family values and Killua's past with Canary. Will the friends finally be able to reunite? Let's find out. You better get ready.
1: So is that Zoldyck family value? Is that a, a, a pun pla- on uh, Adam's family values?
0: I think so. I think Wait, subconsciously, I, I did. <laughs> I, 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 family values came from something, but I forgot what pop culture, nice. pop culture thing I exactly referenced from. So Dude, I guess I thought that was it was like a show or something. No, that no. was me. <laughs> so I, because I remember really Adam's family, but I don't remember Adam's family values exactly. But I probably subconsciously did in my head.
1: Perfect. <laughs> There's also a Corn Family Values tour, but that's yeah, that's a bit obscure. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny because we made the Adams Family joke before.
0: <laughs> All right, so today's episode is going to be episode twenty-five. Can't see if you're blind. Um, you can't see me. <laughs> in Parentheses. That was a subtitle. But in Japanese, it's
2: me and I to. I nai.
0: Ah uh, okay.
2: That's like one of those words it's like, oh coming from English, this is a terrible word to even try to pronounce. Rei I me.
0: So it was originally released in Japan on April first, twenty twelve, and it um on October twenty second, twenty sixteen. Uh the equivalent manga chapters are forty three through forty four um, which were released in Japan on March 20th, 1999. And the 2019 anime equivalent is episode 36, which was released on, in Japan on August 8th, 2000.
1: Uh, starting off with the notes, Canary leads the gang to the Butler scores to meet their bestest best friend, Kill, a.k.a. Killua, a.k.a. Best Boy, a.k.a. Little, Little, Little Killer. Uh mommy complains (laughs) to daddy to un Mommy complains to Daddy that it's unfair to release Kilua and laments to Goto to not do it. As Canary leads them on, she acknowledges the gang and Master Killua's friends. Sorry. As Canary leads them on, she acknowledges the gang as Master Killua's friends, so it kinda sort of goes off that, you know, he has friends and she's, you know, very happy about that and that sort of builds up on that character thing of that whole friends thingy. Uh, Killua somehow beats them there. I think he just has really fast feet. I don't know the, the mom and the kid are running pretty fast too so maybe they''re, they're faster walkers where they walk like eight miles an hour. Uh, and Goto leads Killua inside to wait where kill's back is turned. ask to forgive him. So basically he leads him into his room like this little room to, to wait and he's being bored as hell essentially. Ah, uh, the game finally shows up, and Goto Gang makes them feel welcome. Instead of waiting, Goto whips out some fun games to play for them in the form of a coin, and they try to guess <laughs> hand the coin is. You know, not enough. Isn't enough-, isn't enough coin games, you know. I don't know. Did you guys personal butlers also do that as well? Totally. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, for sure. It's like a butler thing, I guess. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, um, well, yeah. Uh, each round, his coin mix up gets faster as he gets pretty mm-hmm. more intense until he admits the game until he admits that he despises the gang for taking away Best Boy to trademark or Killua, and opens in hand to show the coin is like crushed. Like, you know, it's like, like completely like like, you know, bent and stuff, which is pretty intense for what is probably made out of metal. Yeah. So you don't want to don't want to fuck with that guy. She so gets im pretence when he wants to test them by his own methods, and the Goto gang trademark whips out swords and one of them pointing against Canary's neck. so they're getting game of Thronesy and this he lays down the rules where each person who guesses wrong is out, and if they are all out, he'll tell Kilauwa the gang left, and they will never see him again, AK.A he will kill the shit out of them and bury the body somewhere, which is very intense for a butler. I don't know, why is... I mean, like, Murder Butler. Mur, mur, murler. Mur, murler. The Murlers.
2: I see where you're going with it, but nah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I tried my best. Uh, the mix-up gets faster and faster until Steam is showing off his hands. So, he's going so fast that he's causing friction against the coin and everything, and just his hands in general. Uh, they select a the hand, and Lero gets it wrong, causing him to be disqualified. So, round three... Kuropiga gets it wrong, and then Gon is the last to stand. Uh, Gon gets kind of frustrated and asks Lirio for his knife, saying he won't do anything stupid. Well, that's debatable. And proceeds to do something objectively stupid, cutting his swollen eyelid so he can see with both of his eyes, and tapes and like tapes his eyelids open so he can see.
2: Oh, okay, real quick, do you guys know about what this is, or is this like something where you're just like, what the fuck happened? Um, yeah, what do you mean? I was
0: more like the what the fuck happened.
2: Wait, sorry, what would you say?
0: I was more in a lot of like what the fuck happened.
2: So this is like an old school thing. So back in the day, before this is more popular culture than like what actually happened. But back in the day, in boxing, if your eye was swollen. Um, people would like sometimes take a razor blade to the swelling just to like let out all the blood so that like the eyelid would go back to normal size so you could see out of that eye again otherwise you would lack depth perception or are more liable to get knocked out one it's debated whether or not how widespread this was as a practice back in the day, and two, nowadays people avoid that by using metal plates that they submerge in ice cold water that they put on swelling in order to decrease the swelling by using like low temperatures instead. So the people who, who between rounds in a boxing match do all this stuff are called cut men, and the thought is that originally they were called cut men because not only do they help you with cuts, they also would cut you if it was to decrease swelling to increase your vision.
0: Yeah, Sound I thought. Yeah, I was trying to understand the the logic behind it, and I kind of it made sense to me. But I guess in my experience, I've always associated with like letting out not blood, like either whatever, like I mean, I guess it works for any type of liquid, really, because it's like just pooling in that area. But damn, (laughs) the way he did it so quickly, I was like, shit, he's hardcore.
1: Any and me... you guys ever lance a
2: hangnail? No. I. I also, I'm going to like throw
1: up if we talk too much. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> let me go through the process. I'm just joking. I won't go through that process. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: But I was going to say, it was interesting to me that they did this and they just assume you have the knowledge of like why he's doing it. Because like, I've heard other people talk about it and they're like, I still don't understand what the fuck happened to that episode. And it's weird because it's a generational divide thing too. Because have you guys ever seen Rocky 1? Uh, Yeah. Do you remember the part where Rocky begs Polly to cut him? It's for this exact same reason. Oh, like during the fight, he's like, "Cut
1: me." That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. At all. Adrian.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. See, if you don't have the background knowledge about it, it's also going to seem weird. And Rocky, you're like, "Why is he taking that razor blade
1: out?" Maybe he just wants to feel more alive.
2: Yeah, that's it. It's the
1: wrestler. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, if I just w- thought if you want to cheat, you can also stuff it in your boxing glove. Oh, God damn it! I will not confirm and yeah. deny that somebody has done that before.
2: Figured I would just talk about this just because, like, otherwise this can be a really puzzling segment.
1: Well, I mean, they explain later that, uh, that you know, cutting a swollen eyelid so he can see out of both of his eyes to reduce so the they, blood. They
2: explain it, but they don't talk about how it's, like, actually a somewhat common enough practice. So I just wanted to clarify that it came from somewhere as opposed to just, like, Hunter Hunter being weird.
1: I guess... Um, but round four, both-eyed Gon gets it right. Round five, Goto Gang, Gang, Gang up, Gang, Gang up, and yeah, the Gang, Gang up, the Gang, Gang up, and the mix up. But Gon is in phase, so basically they're all swapping hands. It's like three of them doing like this hand swapping. For some reason, I got I get Full Metal Alchemist vibes. Was that just me or?
2: Um, I think it's the piece of music they played during this section is very similar to Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood songs, and they play this song at other points too, and it always feels like oh, someone's gonna fucking transmute something huge.
1: Yeah, I thought they transmuted that coin away from there. Uh, it's essentially the game up, but who has it? But Gon is in face. he focuses, hyper-focuses with his cut-open eyelid, but who has it? Who is the masked coin man? Uh, it turns out it's the butler behind him with the kitchen knife, I mean, uh, the coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kilowog, get- and uh, essentially Khan gets it. It was the guy behind him the entire time. Uh, I guess they transmuted it into his hand or something, or maybe another explanation a little bit later that we'll go into. Um, That's going
2: to be an interesting discussion.
1: Yeah, Kilua gets super impatient, bursts through the door, and remembers everyone except Ray- Ray Uh Basically, like, hey, I remember you. And everyone's happy to see him. It's like, uh, Kurapika, yeah, that's right. And it's like, uh, you're Reolio, right? <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Or whatever he says in the, the Japanese one, I don't know. That was in the dub. Uh, Killa was annoyed by the holdup, and Goto admits that it was just a joke. And the There's like eight up, quotes here. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know what his motives are, or if he's really joking, <laughs> or if he was seriously going to throw him, kill the shit out of them or not.
2: We'll definitely talk about that because I think there's a lot of
1: dimensions here where I prefer the straightforward reading, but there's a lot of ways you can read
2: this whole scene.
1: Yeah, as they leave, Goto tricks Gon with this coin, so he basically uh, try to tr- does another guessing game where he drops the coin between his hands. And Gon thinks it's in the left one, but it's actually in the right one, and Gon is confused. And uh, Goto just explains that, uh, well, just does it to explain to Gon that he watches back for tricksters and watch out for best boy Killua and watch after him because in this world this cruel cruel world there are many tricksters and homicidal clowns that are very attractive that are that are in the mood to kill gon, <laughs> uh, gon uh gon basically walks out with them with the gang and best point killua and gon explains what happened to the gang with uh, with goto and Krapa figure figures out he basically cheated using two coins, where he drops it down, and he has two coins in each of the hands, and he drops the right coin in his sleeve, and then has the other, or the whatever the opposite was, I can't remember what it was, I think it was, he dropped the left one and had the right one in his hand.
2: Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but generally the outline is correct.
1: Yeah, uh, and basically, Gong got really angry, saying that uh, that basically he cheated, and is like, oh, no, he only did that probably as a joker just explain it cool saying that you know he's honestly hates cheating and gone is even madder because of that but i guess i guess that's why i like that scene because it sort of shows the mode like maybe an external mode like sort of i like it because it shows that maybe i don't you don't really get a read on him you don't know if he's serious Mm -hmm. or not you know Mm Hmm. but uh Yep, on the train, Gon explains how he's still salty against Hisoka and wants to punch him in his ugly face, and will not use his license until he does that, which is six <laughs> months. At least.
2: Yeah, at least six months.
1: At least. crappy uh, tells the gang what Hisoka whispered to him, saying Hisoka wants to tell him something interesting about spiders. Oof. Where did we hear about that spider Ooh. before?
2: Um, I forget. Did he talk about spiders before? Or did I accidentally reveal earlier that like spiders were their symbol? I think I might have. No, accidentally... remember. Oh, Majitani, remember, Majitani. Uh, Majitani. remember uh,
1: the Blue Man Group. Yeah, Majatani. Uh, in addition to the...
2: having a blue life for everything himself and everybody around. But he, he also he, had a spider yeah. tattoo.
1: Yeah, and he gets triggered by the tattoo. So, and then you know, Kurapika explains. Oh, it's the gang that I hate that killed everyone I love, and took their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, imply, and it basically implied that Hisoka has info on the Phantom Troop. Hisoka tells Kurapika to meet him in York, New City. Huh. Wonder what that's supposed to be a parody of. York, New City. Weird.
2: Okay. So this actually works better in Japanese, because it is very clearly supposed to be New York, as you've guessed. But in Japanese, the name is York Shin. Like Shin being new.
1: Yeah, like, like Shin Megami Tensei.
2: Yeah, so it's Nocturne. York Shin. They either say York Shin city or york Shin Shi, which can also mean city but uh through sh- bad things regarding japanese accents it can also be york new shiti which just sounds like york, york new shitty yep yeah, exactly so there's a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff here
1: yeah um basically uh tells them meet there on september 1st at the world's log- largest auction running from 9-1 to 9:10, which is ominous because the day after is not the fair. Yeah, weird. and th-
2: keep in mind this was all written before
1: all that, so it's a weird
2: coincidence.
1: Yikes! It makes the implement, it makes the, imp- implement- imp- it makes the imp- what's that word I'm thinking of, the implica- implication. It makes the implication a lot darker in retrospect, and I didn't pick up on that till now. Yeah, and
2: I, I specifically wrote this into the notes just because I was like, "What a weird fucking coincidence."
1: Yeah. Um, essentially, uh, that's basically potentially where the phantom troop will potentially be. So, because it's the biggest auction, they have rare items, including probably somebody's eyes. Uh, they probably are going to be there for some reasons, and probably get more stuff. Maybe they'll have arcade machines. I definitely should go. What do you guys? They think? probably
2: do, and then the last day they're especially cheap because no one wants to transport them again.
1: Yeah, so you get good deals on that. You know, get some Neo Geo machines. Anyways, or, or Geo Neo machines if it's y- yes, Hunter.
2: Geo Neo <laughs> Geo Shin machines, Geo Shin machines.
1: <laughs> um. At this point, the gang sort of gets off the train and splits up. Crowplay is going to find someone to employ him as a hunter, and Leorio is going to go back to being useless somewhere else. Just kidding. he's going
2: going home to study for the MCATs.
1: Yeah, he's going to go study the MCATs, or the the Cat-Ms. The (laughs) Shin-Cats. That doesn't even work. Anyways. No. Uh, Anyways, uh, Gon and Killua stay together to train in order to punch Zoka in his stupid juggalo face. (laughs) and they're going to be getting real creative Nice. (laughs) but then they realize that both of them don't have much money and decide to enter the heavens arena which is either a high stakes poker tournament or some fucked up fight club to earn money and train at the same time
0: two in one
1: (laughs) yep and then it cuts Uh, oh sorry it just cuts to them looking at the sky and then looking at this blimp and that's where the episode ends
2: yeah, there's also a part where they talk about the relative power of uh Hisoka, Hanzo, uh Gon and Kilua. And um I think that part's interesting. We can talk more about it later, but like they kinda compare them with um Kilua rating himself as closer to Hanzo and like Hanzo and Hisoka while Gon is like on the other side of a fucking football field.
1: I like I like I like the cat face he did. It was like I'm so humble when he did it. <laughs>
2: it's cute. Yeah, but uh, tell us a little bit about the manga version of these events. Um,
1: they were okay. No, okay, cool. Anyways, no. <laughs> uh, the manga notes. So, GoTo makes it more clear he'll be killing them if they lose. So he'll basically is like, yeah, you're gonna disappear. So he makes it a little bit more less implied that he's killing them, and more implied, and more clear. Uh, mm-hmm. Gon, yeah, Gon mentions that. Gon mentions that wanting to find Kite is one of his highest priorities. So I guess he wants to fly some kites or something. I don't know. What it it that's pisses about. me
2: off that this is here, but they totally, as part of the larger problem of 2011, eliminating kite until later. Like he straight up says, like, "Oh yeah, one of the things I most want to do is find kite right now."
1: Doesn't happen. Uh, Kilowitchu's gone out about not using his hunter license in the town versus on the train. Actually, most of the discussion about hisoka is also in the town. It mm-hmm. looks like that it more. I don't know why they changed this the locale. Maybe it was easier to draw or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But essentially, all the discussion happens in the town. And then, in- interestingly, this is issue 44, introduced an entire new arc about chasing Azoka in a game of death. With it being And a pro- he was... Yeah. What?
2: Sorry, I was going to say, he was contestant 44, and uh, it's all about chasing a guy whose symbol is death in a game of
1: death. Interesting.
2: Yeah. And the Heaven's Arena is apparently it's in the southern part of Africa. And at first I thought it was in the like DRC, like the Democratic Republic of Congo, which would mean it was in the same country as where the rumble in the jungle took place. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I looked at the map and compared it to Africa. And I'm like, nope, it's actually way too far south for that. So there's no cool. Maybe it's maybe it's in the same place where
1: Congo takes place. It is definitely not.
2: Yeah. Amy, friend.
1: Amy, hungry. Oh, Um, my God. Fuck that movie. It's uh, amazing. But, uh, yeah, uh, and then I guess in the manga, it actually, in that issue, it goes into more of the Heaven's Arena thing.
2: Oh, yeah, they talk more about it. Like, I think they basically, in the 2011 version, cut that into the next episode instead.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's all good. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for the manga notes. What about uh, the 1999 notes, Joe? I won't make some dumb joke about teaching Partying like, like it's 1999, it's... so... God damn it. Keep going.
2: So for some reason, Canary is dismissed to leave immediately on getting there, and then she is shown inside anyway, so it's like, you can leave. here. She's here again. Like, basically, just they fucked up
1: editing somehow. Maybe it was implied so, that they got her. Like, you know, she was leaving, and they, like, chloroformed her and brought her into No, it looks aber- like she walks in voluntarily the second time, so I don't know what...
2: I think it's just a mistake, honestly. So the coin that Goto has here uh, has seven 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 on it, rather than whatever it had in the other versions. I'm not sure why. Maybe it just looks cool. Um, they show some sleight of hand tricks early here, and I think that kind of takes away from the point. But they do it anyways. And the sound effect for hand shuffling is again like an old school Western cartoon. It's like that thing they when like someone spins around real fast, like. Or whatever, and i it's real cheesy and takes away from the drama of the scene.
1: I'm just imagining him shuffling the deck and it sounds like Zoidberg going like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Oh,
2: okay. Sorry. I, I made it too Zoidberg like. It's more like you know like when something flexible spins around in old school cartoons, it sounded like that. Like the boingy sound, like the doing. No, I can't do it. I'm not Michael Winslow, I'm sorry. God damn um, it. <laughs> So, uh, there's a flashback to between Canary's dismissal and now, and she says, and she like basically confirms, I guess me and Kilua are friends. Like, it's not really that important, but it's cute. Does she get
1: ice cream or something? uh, Huh? Get like ice cream or something, hang out.
2: So, yeah, what did you guys think of this episode and like, you know, different versions, etc.? Like, sort of both halves of it. Because there's definitely two distinct halves. The idea of, like, the coin game and then, like, talking about going to Heaven's arena.
0: I liked it. Um, It almost felt kind of like a breather compared to the last two episodes. Since it wasn't as emotionally heavy. And I guess it felt also a little bit cheated. Just because you'd think there'd be, like, this big standoff but there really wasn't. So it, I I guess I have a little bit of mixed emotions. I mean, I, it definitely wasn't what I expected the way th- for things to turn out. So
1: yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I kind of thought it was that the whole coin thing was really unexpected. It kind of reminds me of uh, Oh, here we go again. Uh, the, uh, the Darby fight in Jojo.
2: I can definitely see that. Um, I, we we talked a lot during Uhawk hawk Show about how there's a lot of Darby DNA in parts of U-Hawk Show, so like clearly he is a fan, so I could see some inspiration there.
1: Yeah, and, and for some reason they gave me Full Metal Alchemist vibes, even like the co- Butler costumes with the gloves. But maybe, maybe it might just be the plus gloves plus that music. That's gloves that and music, man. Yeah, the music and the gloves. I mean, didn't Full Metal Alchemist come out two years after this too, or before this? Uh...
2: Are you talking about the original version in 99, or are you talking about the Brotherhood and 2011?
1: Brotherhood in 2011, because I think Brotherhood was 09. I think, yeah, I think it came oh, out
2: two years later, yeah.
1: No, it came out two years before, right? It came out in 09.
2: Yeah, no, I'm saying I think full mil- I think this came out two years later.
1: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So
2: we were agreeing, we were agreeing. Yeah, Gotcha. Um, did you guys find it weird that Gon only seemingly took it serious after they could have easily lost on chance. And they clearly divided up him and Kurapika in order to maximize the chance that one of them would stay in, which is a smart strategy, but it's just like, yo, dog, if you have hypersensitive abilities that you need to cut yourself for,
1: maybe just do it earlier. Yeah. Maybe it's it's one of those shounen, uh, intense, dramatic hero-building scenes. So, like, with Jotaro and that Darby fight, kind of, where it's like, you know, he probably could do do this, and it's like one of those build-up things, I guess.
2: I, so, I feel with uh, Jotaro, it's like, it was to psych Darby out because, like, he's clearly trying to play Darby psychologically. I think Gon just did it because he just didn't think about it, which is weird. He didn't do it because like, he's he was... an idiot. <laughs> he is and he isn't. Again, he's kind of like Goku in that way. I don't know.
1: Um, but, maybe um, maybe he, he had trust in his friends to get it right. I perhaps, mean, yeah. I don't know why he's still probably stressing Liario, but, you know friendship i think
2: you can trust leorio's motives not so much his ability yeah um what did you guys think about goto and his lesson because like i read it the straightforward way that he could have totally fucked them if he had wanted to and that this was a strength test which is kind of weird in and of itself because it's again like him being like you can hang out with kilua if you're strong but like i don't think he was cheating earlier but i know some people read it that way
1: i don't think he was cheating i think i think It basically was a strength test. Like the thing is that he's he's hard to read because you don't know if he was joking or not because while he was intense entirely throughout the scenes. He might he might have just been that way because, you know, he has to be. He's the butler guard guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe I'd like to think they was joking around and he had great intentions and he was maybe worried and sort of trying to teach them a lesson that, you know, well, you know, we might go easy on you here. When you get onto the real world, there's no easy button. It's all going to be, you know, tricksters, evil people, and killer clowns from outer space.
2: That's the way I take it too, but I just know a lot of people take it less at face value. And it's, like, I can get why they can come to that conclusion, but I I agree with you about your analysis. Um, So this is a more note for people who have seen the series before. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's very interesting that Gotō delivers this message. Because, like... Goto makes choices later, where it's just like interesting that he gives this spiel now.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I like I like the entire scene. I think it's probably one of the high points in in Hunter Hunter for me. That the entire the entire episode. I know it's kind of yeah. weird to say, but you know, it just sort of like one of those building up episodes. No, it's cool. Um, so I wanted
2: to put in a weird note here. That uh so you know how we've talked about how there are certain things in the twenty eleven anime that are clearly references to the nineteen ninety nine anime and not the manga. Yeah. Here's another one. So in this version, did you guys see a
1: scene where Kilo was playing with a bunch of little toy robots? Um, I think so in the that was in that room, right, where he was waiting. Yeah. Yeah, it just like it just passed over you, right? You're like, oh, this is weird, but like who who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. Is he secretly a robot?
2: No, this is in reference to a scene that occurs later in 1999 where he buys a literal truckload of chocolate robot toys that he eats.
1: Huh. Reminds me of another character from another Tower of God. A tower. Oh, with I don't dogs. know about that. Oh, but one, um, one of those characters in Tower of Gods eats a shit ton of chocolate all the time.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Okay, so in this, like...
2: Kilua buys that and eats those chocolate robots, and it's like one of the big memes from 1999. Like when people in Japan talk about like Kilua's character, or they talk about his love of chocolate robots. And so it's very weird seeing. So his name in the Japanese version is Choco, Choco kun like the name of the robot. So it's weird seeing Choco kun in the
1: 2011 version. Yeah, maybe it's a throwback, like like I guess meme, like a meme thing.
2: Yeah, I think someone mentioned uh someone online was mentioning that maybe they're mentioned in the manga but they're never shown, so I think their explicit depiction being the same is clearly a reference to the 99 version in the 2011 version. But yeah, um that's pretty much it for um like this season. Like do you guys want to continue talking about this episode or we can just move on to no. season thoughts because uh No. I'm just joking. <laughs> Anybody have thought? Um, Do you guys have more to say about this episode particularly?
0: No, I think we could continue on to the overall season thoughts.
2: Hey there, this is Jeremy Parrish, and if you're a fan of classic video game soundtracks, or if you just love 20-minute rock epics about war-ready armadillos that battle Catholicism, you should listen to Alexander's Ragtime Band. Join the power trio of myself, Elliot Long, and James Eldred each month as we talk about the most pretentious music of all, progressive rock, right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. How does Bloodborne stack up against, say, Oregon Trail? And is Bomberman just Loadrunner from a different point of view? Find out on Hardcore Gaming 101's Top Games, where we objectively, definitively, and scientifically rank the games you nominate for our ever-growing list, HG101's Top Games. Twice a week, every week, right here on Greenlit. Cool, cool. Well, since um, Megan's not here and I'm the only one who's previously seen it, like, how did you guys feel about um, this first season, both in and of itself, compared to other anime, and also compared to Yu Hakusho specifically?
1: Uh, do you mean like as in the beginning to now, or after the Hunter Exam till now? Beginning to now. Um, I think I kind of agree with Peter where it's like it was kind of hard to tell where it was going like what a hunter was why he needed to do it it wasn't as clear i mean it was implied and i kind of i kind of see it but i was kind of like what's the point and later on it's like okay i kind of get it now and the episode kind of built up especially after the kilowatt stuff was a little bit better i did like a lot of the hunter exam stuff but i think the stuff is probably my favorite so far just because it's kind of i guess it kind of has a conclusion and a i guess sort of a goal beyond oh we got our license yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think what I really, when I initially was going into watching this series, I thought it'd be like, it and it, it is like adventure kind of story. But I thought for some reason I thought with like with hunters they just be catching monsters the entire time, and like I didn't realize like this part with exam. And I think it's it's been really fun because it's a mix of both like. Um, obviously with battles, but also strategy, which is, like, kind of different, you know, from a lot of shonen shows especially, where it's more reliant on the actual fighting. And this one's more on, like, a mix of both. Like, there's been a lot of, like, with a lot of exams, it's reliant purely on, like, um, like, different, like, mind games and stuff like that, versus just, like, here punching and that's been really fun and i like how um i don't know like i like i really like all the main four characters i especially like Gon because like he's kind of like what you think a typical shonen hero is like but then his like approach or his thought process is a little different he's extremely smart and go-getting and like happy but at the same time like he doesn't have the super like no, that's the wrong thing to do. We can't do that. He's more like, okay, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> Which I kind of really appreciate. Even like, you know, with a recent episode, like when Canary's like, no, you can't go. And he's like, well, basically, he's like, fuck this. I need to see my friend. And he just kind of go getting. So um, I kind of like the yeah, description
1: he- that Killua had where he's was like, he's both selfish and I guess stubborn.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it's, like, portrayed in a way where it's, like, very endearing. I love it, you know? I don't see him as, like, a brat at all, so...
1: Yeah, I, I, it's weird. He's he's in that weird area where it's... It's not like one of those brat-annoying anime characters like Naruto. It's kind of like... Like, like Joe, like, a mixture of Goku and maybe... Uh, I don't even know. I guess maybe, like, a Goku that's, you know, not as stupid, I guess. <laughs>
0: I think it's, when it comes to Gon, he doesn't seem like he feels entitled to things. Like, when he asks those questions, like, why am I? do I have to do this? It's generally because he seems very confused. Like, it's just not adding up. And a little less of, I understand why this is happening, but I don't understand why I have to adhere to it. Like, I'm special, therefore I shouldn't have to do this. It's more like I don't even understand why this is happening at all, which is I think why I feel like he doesn't come off as bratty.
1: Yeah, it's just general, gen- genuine curiosity. I
2: I guess like there's the genuine curiosity. There's that his natural talents are inherent from like how he lives his life, like exploring and the like. So he's not just like it's not just like out of nowhere but like what do you guys think of the fact that he doesn't really seem to care about being the strongest he cares about like his goals and being strong is merely a means to those ends
1: i think it's an interesting dynamic change compared to all the other like all a bunch of other the shonen style show i need to be super strong to get this or that or i need to be super strong and become the strongest there ever was or the best it's like i just want to see my dad i mean i mean if you think about it that's literally that his entire goal is just to see Ging. I mean,
0: I feel like it's in a way, it's almost a healthier version of the shonen mindset just because they aren't mm-hmm. fixated on perfection one way or another. Um, but there is like a danger in that bullheaded stubbornness to the point where he has been putting himself in direct harm in order to, make something he wants happens. So it's kind of like a... It, it's kind of like a mixed bag of um, for me, personally. I do like it, though. I think it's really unique, and I feel like it reflects more the average person versus, like, other characters.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, because not many people are, like, driven by the, I want to be the best in the world, or, like... Um, c- like, because that happens, but it's not ultra common outside of fiction. I do think it's interesting cuz like if you look at like Naruto and like uh My Hero and stuff like that it's very much the I want to be the strongest or I want to be the best like hero or whatever of my profession. But if you look at Gon, he he has the I have a specific goal and being strong is part of that. But like we already talked about that, but another thing that's an interesting comparison point is to Yusuke who w- did not have a goal. It was merely to survive. Like mm-hmm. Yusuke's entire goal throughout Yuu Hakusho is like, well, I guess I just gotta do this. And yeah. we've previously talked on an episode about the idea of like Hunter x Hunter being a reflection of like Togashi suddenly having more time and the ability to choose what he wanted to do and like be goal oriented as opposed to survival oriented. And right. it's interesting seeing that reflect in the attitudes of the main characters.
0: Yeah, Gon is definitely a very proactive protagonist. Versus, I think Yusuke would be more like a classic hero, reluctantly having this destiny and mission that he never really chose but it, it happened to him versus Gon is like I want this to happen so I'm gonna make it happen yeah I mean like the I mean Gon specifically wanted to enter this exam willingly versus K, like whole family and friends got threatened into like he got like into going into the dark tournament and that continued on to like chapter black with basically the wor- the whole human world going into zombie craziness with those bugs and stuff and then just like yeah, everything, I don't know. And then it's just kinda it's really interesting, like also like um the mentality with Yes K and Gon like They're only a two-year difference, technically, right, in terms of age. Like, Mm -hmm. one's 14, one's 12, but their whole outlook is completely different. And they both have this similar family dynamic with a missing father, but how it's interpreted is completely different with Yusuke doesn't even think about it until, like, old ancient daddy Ryzen comes back, (laughs) then with, um go on his motivation is to relate and be like his father you know Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's like kind of interesting not sad it's it's really interesting like i feel for both of them equally and like it's but they're very different i agree with that like i don't see a lot of there's some similarities between the two but there's more differences which is fun it doesn't feel like a rehash you know with hunter hunter at all yeah i i will say i think this is probably like my one main critique of this series and this may be what tagashi is going for so far i haven't really experienced that much of emotional catharsis when it comes to any of the arcs of the stories it's kind of like they've put like there's some episodes that really highlight, like have a hidden emotion tying with the plot, but then it like pulls back and you like, okay, whatever, it's done. You know what I mean? Like with the. 100- I guess could
2: could you elaborate on that? Like the fact that they sort of undermine the tournament, like something like that, Ex- where it's just like, oh exactly. yeah,
0: catharsis,
2: but then they're just like, nah, some shit happened.
0: Exactly. Like there's obviously resolution, some character arcs, but I guess as like a as like a viewer, it's almost. Like, I'm being short-ended in terms of emotional uh, catharsis. Especially, even take in consideration this past one was trying to find Killua. He was just, like, let go. I his family eventually met up with his friends. Of course, there's underlying like, implication. There's more going on to the story. But it's, like, they go through all this trouble. They have some really emotionally heightened scenes. Like, the thing with Canary... And then they just meet up, and that's it. I think that's what keeps it interesting, but it also kind of keeps me from fully loving this series. But that maybe just me being very emotional, kind of w- emotional watcher um, of media.
2: I see where you're coming from. Um, I agree with you that that is definitely what's happening. I happen to like it, but I can understand that's not to everyone's taste. Um and there's definitely a mixed, it's a mix as you go through the series where there are parts that definitely have more traditional beginning middle end structure rather than beginning middle who knows what happens at the end structure mm-hmm. which has happened like three times at this point. Um, like for instance, like Gon getting his license was very much like a mm, this is not how you thought this would happen, like stuff like that. Right, right. I, I, I um,
1: did I did like that aspect of the Hunter Exam where it's like once they get it, they're not going to be instant you know super pro tags or ass kickers like i mean killer didn't even get his and he's training you training you uh training uh, gone and making him stronger so it's not like a a, a be all fix everything thing and mm-hmm. even like all the characters don't even have their license on on there
2: did you like that satotes basically like hinted at like they're not really done with the hunter exam yet
1: <laughs> yeah that was kind of weird i wonder what he implied with that
0: like, You'll the real hunter out. exam starts now. <laughs> so It's I th- less It's less the
2: real hunter exam starts now, but they call it, like, the secret hunter exam. Yeah.
0: You'll
2: I find think, out what it is later.
0: But I also think is, in like like retrospect, like maybe men- that's what he's going for. Is it more just so that because he's trying to, like, build upon it, the story, not in, like, specific, like, concise arcs, but have, like, open-ended to, like, To a bigger story as a whole. Like, maybe that's why the emotional hits aren't as complete for each little mini arc.
2: I think that's the reason, because like, with Yu Hakusho, there was always the chance he could be canceled any week. Right. So he had to, like, end things faster, or, like, make structures that, like, were very clear where they were going. Meanwhile, here, he's like, I'm fucking Yu Hakusho rich. I can do whatever the fuck <laughs> I want. So he's yeah. like, how would I just write story arcs that go literally 20 years? And, like, like there are satisfying beats to it, but they're not satisfying in the same traditional rhythms. Like, you're going to be looking at—it's the difference between, like, sort of pop which you know, it's just like, oh yeah, you'll get something that you kind of are expecting, but like it can still be really good, you can ride the beat, it's fun, versus like Hunter Hunter is in some ways like prog rock, where it's just like, <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna hit this solo for like five hours.
0: <laughs> hey, what you want
1: you want a whole album side of anime? Here you go, twenty six minutes of a song. I mean a manga.
2: Yeah, effectively, like he's just like I can do whatever the fuck I want with unlimited studio time, time to
1: hoodily-dee with like random instruments you've never heard of. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't really have. It's kind of funny. I love Prague rock, but I don't really. That's what I don't like about some mangas, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on. And, on, and it's like, it's like, oh, there's a story ending eventually, but after like five million episodes and three thousand chapters or whatever. It's just like I like that that I guess that finite feel of ending of Yu, Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time there is instances of Yu, Yu Hakusho where it feels like it's wrapping up. It's like nope, we got two more arcs to do, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah I... continue. Oh, um, I think it in a way like now that I kind of put it out there, it makes me like frustrated but also motivated to watch more just to see if my. Expectations or like preconceived notions will be like dashed out the window. So it makes you it makes me want to watch it more just because I'm like, um, where is that emotional gunch putt like punch in the gut? Like where is that? Where why hasn't it happened yet? So I'm like waiting for it to happen, but I'm also excited to see how my expectations will be like completely, um subverted from what actually will happen
1: i imagine you like you're like watching it now like come on let's do it come on let's get that emotional scene it's like just like sitting there the entire
0: time i'm like oh geez it almost feels like real life in a way where you have all these great achievements and they feel like oh so paramount but then they like happen you're like oh okay like you feel a lot but it isn't like world changing which is interesting. I think
2: he's actually going yeah. for that. Like, he limits the scale of a lot of events to personal conflict rather than global conflict. Like, global conflict does happen down the line, but mm-hmm. to that point, there are a lot of personal and interpersonal conflicts in this that, like, do not concern the surrounding society. And I really like that, that they have a more intimate tone for a lot of parts of Hunter x Hunter than they could in Yu Show.
1: Mm-hmm. When am I going to reach the Chimera Ant arc in my life?
2: Uh at our current pace, I'd have to think about it for a while, but it will be more than a year from now. Cuz
1: I want to oh, get wow. fucking stand powers, please.
2: Oh, um stand like powers show up earlier.
1: I was hoping I'd be able to get it when I got when I got COVID-19, but I didn't get any stand powers, so I'm still waiting <laughs> on that. Lol.
2: <laughs> um real quick, so we talked a lot about Gon versus Yusuke, but like how are you guys feeling about the other characters cuz I feel at this point there was a lot more development for Kurama than there
1: was Kurama Kurapika. Okay, never mind. I thought
2: you... Yeah, like, Kurama had, like, that whole section about, like, the the mom and the forlorn hope, but here he's just, like, I don't know, uh genocide background, I think, and then, like...
1: I think it's about equivalent, yeah. because while they didn't go much into the mom thing and being a Yuhaka show, they didn't really get much into Kurapika's past besides the, you know, the Phantom Thieves and the motivation for why he's doing it.
0: Uh... I think Kurapika may have more personality than Kurama in the beginning, um, but Kurama had more depth in the short spurs of personality that you saw at the beginning versus, I I mean, not personality, depth as a character, you know what I mean? If that makes any sense, like Harama as a character in the beginning of the series had more depth in terms of background and how it ties into mm-hmm. like his past versus his present, but you didn't really see much of his personality in terms of his daily interactions with Yusei. At the start, you just saw like he's obviously conflicted about what he's doing. He's a demon. He's a good son versus because. When you see in the beginning, you see like he can be very intelligent. He can be very petty. He can be, he, he tre- obviously is like treasures his companionship and is capable of like being analytical and smart. Like the, his daily interactions with the small interaction he has with the different characters has more is more robust versus what we saw in Cromwell in the first season of Hugh Hawk show.
1: No, I definitely I would, have to agree. I would definitely agree with that yeah yeah i I definitely agree um I think the the only thing that because I feel that i that I have the motivation that I felt with karama like mm-hmm. you, like that I have a Kurapika where it's like, okay, it's a solid motive, I know where it's going, and needs build up, so maybe it's not as in depth, but it kind of get, it gets that point across just as it did with karama. But I do agree though that I think that, that uh Krapika is more of a more well balanced and developed character and sort of an emotional character per se, and not hiding much.
0: Yeah.
2: So how about uh Because I feel Kilua is way more developed than he was at this point, and some of that is because like we had that whole section about him because like they had rescue Yukina at this point, but like that didn't it said stuff, but I don't think as much. And also, Hiei was originally supposed to be a Monster of the Week villain that they changed into a main character.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it, sure. it definitely shows for, for for Hiei, where he's the Monster of the Week versus Killua, who's, you know, meant to be a character. And it's kind of hard to describe all this through, I guess, emotionally. Uh, Killua is more, like like with Kurapika, he's more developed like as an emotional character and a friend.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting, like, um, how with Hiei, like, I don't know, I think both Kyo and Hiei, they, like, they are both grew up in really harsh conditions, and, like, um, obviously, like, um, because of that, they have, like, really similar mindsets of, of like, kill or be killed kind of thing, but then I think it kind of diverges with Hiei, I feel like he's way more on survival mode. Like, even when he's thieving and, like, whatnot, and, like, um, he is, like, a much more bleaker, hateful kind of attitude towards the world until, like, he starts, you know, like, interacting with, like, K and stuff, while Kiloa I think, for him, especially, you know, he ran away and he joined the, like, hunter exams for funsies, so, and, like, you know, um... I think he, he, kind of, he's way more emotional. He and Br- when once, Gon asked like, "Do you want to be friends?" You could see like this more like change of attitude, you know, where mm-hmm. like that took way longer for he to embrace and like. I don't think he will ever acknowledge that he is friends with Yusuke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I.
2: I think it's interesting that. Kilua comes from a cushy background, but it's torturous and like he was being trained, but his family loves him. I'm doing huge quotes that y'all can't see. I mean, the fellow podcast house can see it, um, but like they love him. It's a twisted sort of love, but they want him to be the best assassin. They want something that they think of as good for him. It's very controlling and fucked up in that way, but they do want I mean,
1: that. I mean, he's objectively better. I mean, he didn't get thrown into a river.
2: I was going to say, yeah, for all Hiei's family cares, one, to his father he doesn't exist because who knows who his father is, and two, his mother, she loved him, but the society around her made her kill herself and have him thrown off a fucking, like, sky island, a skyland.
1: My favorite part of a land.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so it's very interesting that they... The mention of kill or be killed, I do think that's there. But I think for Kilua, it's like a game and the idea of, like, how he's going to play to get stronger in his family hierarchy. Well, for Hiei, it's not a game. It's it's straight up, like, I guess this is what I got to do to survive. Like, those memories of him as, like, a four-year-old with that cape and the shi- – and I almost said Shikon jewel. The fucking, uh <laughs> like, jewel he had around his neck and just murdering dudes for the fuck of it.
1: I mean, you got to admit that he was pretty cute as that baby baby, baby Hiei. Uh,
2: Hie. Yeah. So, I think the only character who, of the four, who is less well developed in this so far, through interaction, is Leorio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very much. He's not even like the honorable punk. Like, I mean, he is a good guy on certain aspects, but like, pretty much what we know about him is like, hey, he wants to be a doctor because his dead friend, he's doing everything for that. He's willing to sacrifice for Gone, but also was down to have like a
1: consensual molestation session. Yeah, that's uh, I was actually really hopeful when I was seeing him crawling up those stairs. It felt like, okay, I'm getting those. Cool bar vibes. But then when I saw that, I was like, uh, nah.
2: What's that new reality show about, like, a bunch of hot people all constrained together and they're not allowed to do it or else <sighs> they lose money? Uh, oh, you oh I, v- lose I, well, I think it's too hot to too
0: handle, Too hot to right? handle. Yeah, too hot to handle.
2: Gotcha. <laughs> I guess. I haven't watched it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Leorio fucked up too hot to handle for everyone. He would no, lose everyone right. $70,000. <laughs> 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 um,
0: uh, I was just thinking, because, you know, in Yohaku's show, Yusuke was the main protagonist. But you could argue that Kuwabara was the second protagonist. But you got to see a little bit inside his head, about a little bit about his family, and also his own growth. Um, mm-hmm. But then, Riyaru would be the, the Kuwabara equivalent, but he has more like a Hiei role in terms of like... So just being a supporting character versus Kiwa, who's, like, the he equivalent, he's the second protagonist of Hunter x Hunter. Mm-hmm. So. I agree
2: entirely. I think it's funny that, like, Yusuke and Gon keep the same spot, uh, Kurama and Kurapika keep the same spot, but then, like, the shift happens on the other axis where it's, like, there's parts of both.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So...
2: Nice, nice. So, speaking of uh, the main characters and the like, what do you think of who's set up to be the big bad currently? Like, obviously the Phantom Trooper, a big deal, but, like, you don't know much about them to this point. But Hisoka, like, how do you think he stands in as, like, this series, Toguro, for, like, this part that's coming up, Heaven's Arena instead of the Dark Tournament?
1: He kind of feels like, kind of using the vibe of one of those characters that turns good, good kind of, like, I guess kind of a Hiei character.
2: I mean I'm not sure
1: how the thing is that I, the She's thing is that bad I
2: but not in the way that like a Toguro is. He's not trying to end the world. He's yep. he's bad in the way that like an actual thief would be.
1: That's the thing though is that I don't think his motivations are like comparable cuz Hisoka while, you know, he is a fucking murderer and crazy person, I mean, in all honesty, he really only murdered a lot of people that kind of deserved it, I guess. I mean like even mm. e- like you can even argue like Killua I mean Killua's the only one that killed that man. I mean Hisoka didn't really kill anybody like even in that tournament thing.
2: Hisoka attempted to kill Satots,
1: But arguably he kind of deserved it.
0: That's
2: oh, yeah, if he was a man-faced ape, then yeah, I guess. Um mm. I just don't think Hisoka's a good dude. I don't think he's like a fucking Oh no, he's Sakya not a good dude. He's dude, like though. A-
1: I, I guess he's like sort of lawful evil if you think about it. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> chaotic. he's chaotic neutral. Yeah. Chaotic neutral. That's a, <laughs> that's better.
0: He doesn't feel like the villain, but he's definitely the antagonist. Mm-hmm. If that for makes I can it. agree with that. Yeah, so he's no, not. I can gonna, agree with that for sure. Yeah, he's. That's how I feel. He is. He's always going to cause some conflict within our our protagonist's life, but he's not going to represent the villain that typically will end the world. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird
1: if he did.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't think any of the other character analogs from Yu Hakusho are here yet, because there's a couple other character analogs who show up later. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for a future, future thing. I'd previously thought of the idea of like, oh, maybe we could rate these episodes in terms of like what we thought about them, but I think that would take some time and it's not really that elucidating unless you guys are interested, but otherwise just like what else, uh, how how else are you guys feeling going into the next season? We're going to be doing a little thing between now and like the next section of episodes. We're going to do some episodes based on side content, but like, how are you guys feeling right now about the series?
1: Um, I hope to God this is not another tournament arc. (laughs) because <laughs> uh, if it is
0: uh, oh I just hope as long as it's entertaining and not all just like fist fist fists, I'll be I'll be fine
1: yeah like maybe if it's like you know the fighting thing in the previous one that's fine but if it's like like tournament arc villain of the week like fighting evil team man and it's like a whole episode's like okay I don't think I can do this so, <laughs> God damn that it?
2: I'm not gonna answer any of that, but I will say that the next section, Heaven's Arena, is one of the most influential sections of anything released in the past. 25 years with regards to how anime would do energy and stuff from then. So you guys are about mm. to see the source and influence of a lot of how anime does ki and chi fighting, like ki slash chi fighting.
1: Is this going to be um, more that uh, the the, the re, reiki energy stuff?
2: We'll find out. I'm just saying, like, the entirety okay. of the way chakra is done in Naruto has clear basis in the section we're about to get to.
1: Huh. Did anyone ever make a parody of chakra? Ch- was it chakra with cha- tra- chakra con? Ch- <laughs> Please tell me that chakra, con? chakra con. Oh, I yeah, got your
0: I, pun. <laughs> I yeah, I I am interested to see how it is. Um, so hmm. I I am. I am intrigued.
1: <laughs> it's not good, John. I'm, I'm very angry with you.
2: I I got a funny thing to tell you about it though. So you know how to this point. Ninety nine has always had more episodes per episode than uh, twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. This is the one section where it goes the other direction. Yikes.
0: Oh, oh, jeez.
2: Yeah. Also, one last thing. I saw a meme yesterday to the effect of like, "Oh, Hunter Hunter characters as uh, cards against humanity combos." And um, there's a character who comes up this season that you're going to meet who is part of the reason that that part takes longer in the version you guys are watching and also in the manga. And it the the cards they gave him were like, hey, baby, how would you come over to my place? And we talk about PowerPoints.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
2: oh, God. Is, is that, is that computer guy back? No, no. But we're just going to talk a lot about slides. <laughs> oh
0: god! What kind <laughs> of slides? The fun
1: slides or the boring slides?
2: Uh, the boring slides. Uh we're, so, we're also going to talk about algebra.
0: Oh man, <laughs> getting flashbacks is be like, to school.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm getting flashbacks to Dr. Ichigaki.
0: Is this basically going to be high school? <laughs> if it is, I'll like say that. If it is, I want to blacken
1: my eyes and whatever that emo song is.
2: God damn it! Yeah, I'm but that's a a, that's about it for today, bag,
1: baby. <laughs> God
2: damn it! Um but yeah Hannah do you want to take us away? Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests or just a chat at our Facebook at Spirit Hunter Pod and our Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. If you enjoy the show and want to find a way to introduce it to other people, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The algorithm determines our ability to be discovered and your your review could put us over the edge. Also, heads up, today's intro music was made by Soul slash Harmo Check them out at youtube.com user slash Harmo You. See you on the other side.
1: Later. Yep.
2: Bye. <laughs> في واجتهى وفائد عن عينيه الراحه
0: يتحدى خصما في الساحه يرمي ويصيب الاهداف يسعى دوما